Welcome to the Blue Sky Thinking Podcast. Hi everybody, Adrian Barrows. Just a, a quick word of apology. I think in one of my earlier introductions I'd um, describe myself as a genial host. People who know me well have um, asked me to take the word genial out. Uh, so I'm just your host, as usual, with the dynamic duo of business education, Steph Mullins and Matt Simmons. And today we're going to be looking at how you make your business school really stand out from the competition. There's a difficult one, but we're going to crack it. Matt, across to you. Thanks, Adrian. I thought that uh, you'd made grumpy your USP as a way of standing out from uh, from the rest of us. Yeah, whether it's uh, PR messaging, branding, uh, of course, um, uh, business schools come in all shapes and sizes. But as they talk about uh, being international and courses that they offer, to truly be able to differentiate in a very crowded market is one of the big challenges. And I think that uh, any PR professionals, uh, you know, spend a lot of time trying to identify what it is about an institution that really does help it to stand out. Steph, I'm I'm sure this is absolutely pivotal to the sort of uh, communications work that you do with Blue Sky clients. Indeed it is. Standing out is obviously key for our work with clients here at Blue Sky. And I'm not grumpy at all, but I don't believe that there is such a thing as a USP for business schools. Having said that, I'm certainly open to debate if anyone would like to argue their case with me. Um, But I do believe that there are things that are special about each business school that they can talk about and use to stand out from their competition, whether that's their location, specialism, facilities, or something else really strong that they do. Our work with business schools often hinges on helping them to successfully stand out from the crowd, and we take great pride in actually doing this really well. Right. And I guess sometimes with the uh, different aspects of a business school that overlap, it's just being able to effectively get that message out. So uh, I think that as with our other podcasts, you've been talking to various experts with their perspectives on uh, branding and how to get that message across to an international audience. Let's hear what they have to say. I am Sergio Oliveri. I'm in charge of Promotion International Media Relations at MIP, which is the Graduate School of Business of Politecnico di Milan in Italy. Thanks, Sergio. Could you just tell us, firstly, about how you use PR to stand out from the competition? The main reason why our school is using international PR, so PR globally, is to showcase its main expertise being hit the expertise of our faculty, so for example speaking about the research that we produce, or being hit the success stories of our students that maybe can launch their own startup, or the success stories of our uh, alumni. I think that PR can help our school to spread these messages and to, to raise the visibility uh, of, our, of our school across uh, all the media internationally. And you have some really great stories to tell, but with so much change in today's fast-paced world, surely it's a challenge for business schools like yours to stay ahead of the competition and, and to stand out from it. I think that the most important challenge business school must face nowadays to drive the change uh, we are living in a, in a era of, of, of changes. Uh, let's think about digitalization, artificial intelligence, uh, and all these topics. This uh, business school must be able to 
uh, not to adapt, but to drive this change in their courses, in the way they are teaching, they are teaching. So if I think about my school, so I might be Politecnico di Milano, we are launching project, uh, a digital platform based on artificial intelligence that will help and will accompany students in their continuous learning path. I totally agree. And I know that you've mentioned to me before that you need those students buy-in to get the stories that make your school stand out in the media. But it's not just your students and alumni that have assisted to create these beneficial stories, is it? Well, starting from the benefits within the school, I can say the most important benefit was the involvement of the faculty. We started working with Blue Sky PR in late 2016. Uh, starting from that point, I can ensure that the number of emails coming from the faculty increased positively. And why did they increase? Because as soon as they see that a colleague, for example, has a piece of coverage in one international media, uh, they say, hey, that comes from the work that Sergio is doing with uh, Blue Sky PR. So I have uh, recently published this piece of research. I might better drop an email to Sergio uh, in order to help me to, to pitch it to the, um, to the business media. It sounds like a wonderful domino effect that's really getting people involved in helping create the school's external image. And I suppose it's all about standing out and getting people to really pay attention to MIP. Externally, in terms of prospect students, I think it helps our school to gain, as I said before, more visibility. Think about the prospect students that comes to our website or to a social media channel uh, and see that, for example, uh, the Financial Times or The Guardian or The Wall Street Journal has recently published an article about our school that gives us and to our school a lot of credibility, uh, a lot of visibility, and of course, uh, can help the student uh, in his choice. Thanks, Sergio. I can see how this is really strengthening MIP's brand. I've been talking with Ian in more detail, actually, and we've been exploring brand positioning in more depth. My name's Ian Hawkins. I have spent just over the last 10 years working with business schools on communications, PR, marketing, strategy. As you well know, spent just over nine years with you guys at Blue Sky before making a move. Uh, now work with a company called Carrington Crisp, where we basically work with business schools and, and universities to some extent um, around the world on market research and, and consulting projects. We've done quite a lot of work at the moment with, with schools to help them position their institutions for the future, looking ahead at how business education is, is changing and will change. Awesome, awesome. Sounds brilliant. And um, it makes you perfectly placed to comment for this, because in this episode of our business education podcast, we've been talking about how business schools can stand out from their competitors. So how do you think institutions can really raise the awareness of their brand? I think raising awareness of the brand is, is one thing. I think to do that effectively, you need a joined up marketing strategy that incorporates elements of marketing communications, and leverages the strengths and key selling points of, of your school, of your institution. First, these things, you know, those key selling points, the, the things that, that make you great need to be identified um, and clearly communicated internally. 
you also have to know who, who you're addressing. You know, this is where comm strategy and overall operational strategy need to combine. Um, mm. You know, what's the vision for the school? What are the key goals? What are what are you trying to achieve overall? You know, and that's actually, uh, you know, I think quite quite complicated. The market, you know, for for quality international business education is competitive and, and increasingly so. Um, so you know, raising awareness is important, but it doesn't mean that much if you know, when you scratch below the surface, there isn't anything concrete that differentiates your school from the competition in some way. Mm, definitely, definitely. So one thing that occurred to me was that during your time at Blue Sky Education, you worked with Valeric Business School on their rebrand. And I was wondering how this helped them to stand out. What they did was they went from being a very traditional old school institution, Valeric Leuven Ghent Management School, you know, the, 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 the typefaces they used and the, the way they presented themselves just said traditional education, traditional higher education. And, and you know, the, the universities that joined up to make the management school were, I think, two of the oldest universities in, in Belgium um, and, and two of the most kind of august institutions, if you want to put it that way. Um, and they moved to becoming, you know, the business school itself kind of moved itself away from that that traditional focus and they went to a much more, you know, kind of younger, funkier, more future-facing approach. You know, it really was, you know, a top-to-bottom rebrand that you know, totally and fundamentally changed the look and the feel of the school. So that was, you know, kind of like how they branded themselves and the whole rebrand, and that was a whole process, and they went through, uh, you know, they did it, you know, they brought in lots of external um, consultants to help them do the research, to, to provide the, you know, the input and the intelligence. They actually... Carrington Crisp worked on that project as well back then, um, as well as uh, another agency. So uh, they did a real thorough job on that and spent a lot of money on it. But then what they also did was then from that point where they, they kind of refreshed the whole brand is that they followed through over the next number of years by really radically redesigning their programs and their, their pedagogical approach. You know, they, they launched lots of new programs. They, they totally took apart what they were doing on, on MBA programs. They launched lots of specialist master's programs. They looked at very specific sectors that they wanted to be known for and then and then communicated about that. So I, th- I think they did a really good job of, of that, actually. It's always, I guess, a case study that I bring up when, when schools are talking to us about branding and rebranding and communicating rebrands and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, what a great example. It sounds like they really worked on standing out and being different. They did, and, um, and, and they, they also, sorry to interject, but they, you know, they brought in, they did a lot of things over a period of time. That, you know, they brought in a new younger dean. They did the Brussels campus, which is you know, really funky and fresh and obviously at the heart of, of Europe. So there was a lot of stuff for them to talk about. And I, I think they, they really were a good example of when you look below the surface of what the rebrand was saying, there was substance there to back it all up. Mm, absolutely I think schools can probably learn a lot from that example is there any advice in particular that you would give to schools who are keen to be more prominent I think making sure that your marketing and sales teams are properly staffed would be a good starting point make sure that they have a, a direct line to senior leadership so that you can have that kind of communication about what this overall overarching strategy of the school is and, and how that can inform and, and should inform the communications of, of, of the, you know, the people that are working in the Marcoms department. I think making sure that there's an institution-wide clarity of purpose that can, you know, as I say, inform Marcoms strategy and, and, and have a mid to long-term view rather than just what's happening today, what's happening this week. 
I think those are things that schools could, you know, some schools could, could do better. And I think also there are other examples, you know, making bolder decisions about what a school wants to be known for and sticking with it, you know, for, for a reasonable period of time to, to kind of, you know, get some momentum behind that whole thing. I mean, you look at a school that, that I've worked with a lot, uh, EM Leon, who very early on, you know, a number of years ago now, you know, that they hung their hat on entrepreneurship. And they said, we want to be known as a school for entrepreneurs. Now, this is, you know, it's kind of a risky strategy because the MBA is generalist, business education is generalist, they do finance, they do all of the other stuff that business schools do. But they decided, they made a strategic decision to be known as a school for entrepreneurs. And, and then they communicated that consistently over a long period of time. And they'll tell you whether that paid off or, you know, you know they're, they're a very good, high-level, you know, well-known, well-respected European school. So I, I think it probably has. I agree. I think they've done that quite effectively and they have some amazing stats to back up that that uh, way of going about standing out. But I think a lot of schools maybe perhaps aren't being as successful. And I mean, do you think there are some mistakes schools are making in an effort to be seen? Are some even wasting their time in the pursuit to stand out? As I said previously, the underfunding of Marcom's departments is one thing that springs to mind and mm-hmm. is something that I've, I've kind of observed. You know, to have one or even only two people responsible for PR, comms, marketing at, at, at a business school is is kind of, uh, I think it's madness because there's there's not enough time in the day to fulfil the functions and, and they're constantly overrun and it, it really creates a, a situation where it's almost impossible to think long term and strategically because you're constantly fighting fires. So that's one thing that, you know, it, 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 and it leads to, to high staff turnover as well. It's another thing is you see Marcom's people come and go and that really kills momentum I, th- I think and, and, and leads to a lack of direction on communication strategy and I think some are very very good at, at, at all of this stuff but some schools are definitely guilty of spending time on communications that don't feed into an overall strategic vision I know I keep coming back to that but I think it's really important or thinking that because something is significant internally that it's worth spending time trying to communicate that externally things like rankings results um, new staff hires, accreditation renewals, they're all really important things, but they're perhaps not the best way to tell the market why your school is great or what sets it apart. And, and all of these activities take up time and resources that could be put to better use, I think. Mm, I think it's something that we see all the time, really understaffed, underfunded comms departments. And one of the ways we help is really by relieving a lot of the pressure on them. So you've given us so much really great advice and information there. I just wondered if there was anything else you'd like to add. Just going back to what we've just been talking about, you know, there's lots of stakeholders vying for attention at business school. So it is difficult to prioritise and to to focus on the long and and even the medium term. Um, But I think just keeping in mind what the overall goals of the organisation are and using that as the barometer of what needs to be communicated is, I think, a good approach. Another great podcast, uh, in my humble opinion. So both Sergio and Ian did a really good job of coming up with some some, some great examples. Um, but could perhaps you two summarise what you get from this? What do you think are the key takeaways and about how a school can effectively stand out from its competition? Sure, I think ultimately all business schools want to do this and stand out from their competitors, they're all jostling to be seen, but it's about finding the perfect point, that's something that makes them special, and then communicating this in the right way. It's also this idea of you know how you do it through language, how you do it through visuals, how you perhaps do it through data, 
through outreach and personal contact. You know, there are so many ways. I, I guess, you know, one other thought that I have on this, as important as it is standing out from the competition and as others uh, in this podcast have shared, at the same time, schools need to make sure that they swim with the right competition. Uh, and this idea, and I think, you know, working with the media is a great example of this, a business school whose faculty expertise or a program that they're running and its impact to then share media coverage with their peers and and you know perhaps even schools that they aspire to be identified with you know whether it's top schools like MIT Sloan or Stanford sometimes appearing in those articles you know it's it's just as important to be alongside your competition to then be able, I think, to stand out. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to go away, this one. And I think as, as the market tightens in the years ahead, you know, standing out is going to be a key focus for all business schools. This has been the Blue Sky Thinking podcast. Thank you for listening. For more information, more resources, visit our website at www.bluesky-pr.com.